Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at T-Mobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain on limited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Trapper Beef Jerky. We are live in New York City. You know the three of us. How about Brian Bumgarner? Hey! What up? How are you? Great. You might know him as Kevin Malone from The Office. We know him as a massive Packers fan and a guy on our 5.30 a.m. call that every time he chimes in, he says, this is Brian again. Uh, I like to introduce myself. <laughs> I like to introduce myself. Make sure everybody knows when I'm talking. <laughs> How does it feel to be here? You were here as a guest. Now you're, you're here for two days, I believe, for the full six-hour shows. Yeah, I feel like next month I'm taking it over. Uh-huh. All right? Is that right? And then I'm going to evaluate all of your performances, all right? So oh, just know you're God. being watched. GMF Brian, here we go. <laughs> and we're going to evaluate the Rams and the Cardinals' performance. Let's get after it right now. So how about this? Action in the NFC West. Nine and four for the Rams. The Cardinals, their third loss. They're all at home. 30 to 23. Let's hear from Matthew Stafford after that win, hyping his head coach on dealing with adversity. From the top down, I thought Sean did a great job. You know, we got some news this morning, um, you know, on Higby and and, uh, Jalen. And he did a great job adapting. And I think the guys that we needed to step up and come in and play well did that. And uh, that's a testament to... Um, you know, our coaching staff and then our players going out there and, and executing. So I was, I was happy to get the win amidst, uh, you know, quite a few, you know, moving pieces. No critical. I mean, there were mistakes on both sides, but, you know, we'll talk about Matthew Stafford and Kyler Murray. Let's start with the Rams. They're looking at the playoff picture. They are in the five seed. They stay there, rather. Take a look at the Cardinals. That loss bumps them from the one seed to the three seed in the NFC. The Packers now in the top spot. Mm. The Bucks. 
in the two seat. Brian Bumgarner probably pretty happy about the Packers being the top dogs in the NFC. But this is a huge night for Matthew Stafford in L.A. It was massive. How does last night change the way you view Stafford and the Rams? Stafford was amazing last night. After three games in a row of throwing those pick sixes, has the bounce-back game against Jacksonville, and then last night was far superior to Kyler Murray on the field and looked as good as any quarterback in the NFL. The numbers tell a story, 23 of 30 for 287 and three touchdowns, but that doesn't take into account that, as he alluded to in the soundbite, in the morning, they get word, like, you guys are going to be without Jalen Ramsey today. You're going to be without Tyler Higby today. You're already without Daryl Henderson today because of the COVID protocols. They're on the road. They're against a team that kicked their butts the last time they played, and Stafford came out with a lot, a lot of eyeballs wondering if he could win a big one and was incredible. This was taking the heat of the pass rush from Chandler Jones, getting right back up, moving the pocket, rolling around. The passes to Cup were incredible. The passes to Van Jefferson were incredible, and that right there, the charisma, the leadership. Stafford said, okay, come on, my back. Let's go. I will lead us there. This is a quarterback who was 6-62 and against teams that had won 10 or more games in the history of his career. Six and 62. He goes into the building of the division leaders who have 10 wins on the year and says, no, 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 no. I'm the guy. I'm the alpha. And amidst all that adversity, he was complimenting his head coach. I've seen McVay win big games. I don't think I've ever seen Stafford come in there and be like, no, 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 Mm -hmm. this is my game. Mm -hmm. He was awesome. It was a clean game. That's almost minimizing just how good he was. But no interceptions and led the way and was the better quarterback last night. For sure. I... You know, the question was, how does it change my perception? Yeah. I thought they were good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they go, they come out 7-1, and one, and then they hit a little rough patch. With 17 games this year, that's going to happen. Um, they were what I expected mm-hmm. last night. They were the team that I expected last night. Uh, but to your point, 6-62, and 62, I did not know yeah. that stat. That is did. incredibly, mm-hmm. um, that, that's awesome. But he looked great. They were the team that I thought they'd be and the team that I thought uh, was going to win the West. You didn't think there'd be some critical, under the bright lights, Matthew Stafford mistake like we've seen in some of these big games? Because that's that was my worry. We didn't see that, and that was massive for me. He, well, yeah. I mean, he played... Like Kyler Murray, like we expected Kyler Murray to play, like Kyler was playing yeah. at the beginning of the year. And uh, yeah, it was, I, I, when I heard Higby was out mm-hmm. uh, at, the start, at the start of the day yesterday, and their secondary, I thought, oh, he's going to have to throw, 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 but they stuck with the run, and I um, was Sony Michelle, and it was, mm-hmm. it, was, it was fun. It was fun to watch. When you watch the Rams last night, can you see them going into Lambeau in the playoffs and beating the Packers? No. <laughs> no? That no. quick? Yeah. No. I, I, well, no. Because I think the Packers are the best team. I'm sure we'll sure. talk about that later. And and I think, especially if them ha- they have to go into Lambeau. Oh, for sure. Because I think, um, well, Stafford's played in Lambeau yeah. quite, a, quite a few times. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Listen, I, I thought Stafford was awesome, too. And I, I haven't been as critical as probably anybody in the media because there's not that many people who are critical and it's it's when you look at Stafford in a big game it's there's this um iconic sitcom character who once said whenever I try to make a taco I get too excited and I crush it <laughs> and that's what happens with Stafford sometimes he gets too excited in five games he's going to become the all-time leader in quarterback starts without ever having won a playoff wow. game that's not a stat that anybody wants but that's just going to be him and I've also said that the Rams take on the personality of their city in that they're very famous and they're soft they weren't soft last night you mentioned the Sony Michelle thing like I don't know where this thing came from and I know they've wanted to be a running team all year they ran the ball 20 times and it wasn't all these big old super jet reverse sweeps it was just running and it worked and he ran hard and it worked for them as an identity as a team um you wait for Matthew Stafford to make a mistake because he's made a lot zero 
on the road, national television, without his tight end and a running game. Uh, I, I, my opinion changed of the Rams last night. I thought that they were um, this overnight sensation in an Ocean's Eleven movie. No, they actually had real substance, real coaching, and real toughness. Like That is a team that can win a road playoff game, and I'm really impressed. Can they win a world playoff game in Lambeau like you asked him? Maybe so. Yeah, you see that? Oh. Could be. It, what was interesting to me, you brought up uh, again about Sonny Michel. He was more of a finesse back uh, as a Patriot sure. than he was last night. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I did, you know, I'm a University of Georgia fan, so I'd watched him play. But yeah. him running uh, in between the tackles last night, it was, it was cool. All right. There are three biggest losses of the year, all marked by these Matt, this Matt Stafford turnovers. You had mm-hmm. the Titans game, you had the Niners game, you had the Packers, and that was a late Sunday window game. All these critical mistakes in these moments. In fact, looking at the numbers, the Rams are 7-0. and They're undefeated if they commit one or few turnovers. They're basically unstoppable. Uh, so all four losses have come when they've done it multiple times, turning over the ball a lot. So mm. last night, very much to me, came down to which side's making fewer mistakes. I still think the Cardinals, if they're playing their best football, they can play in the NFC. Their best football is just as good as everybody else's. But got to give credit to this Rams side, not only a run game, but how hard is it because of a run game, because of guys like Van Jefferson stepping up to defend Cooper Cup. Like I said yesterday, Kyler, are you the MVP? Do you want to be looked at that way? I'm looking at obviously the most valuable wide receiver in the National Football League. Maybe the most valuable player is this Cooper Cup who gets open trades on every play. And I know this is like, you know, not news to your ears. The first time I heard the name Cooper Cup was that every month about the years ago. But he's so far separated himself from the rest of the pack as far as wide receivers. Every big moment, it felt like Stafford needed to play. He finds him and they just connect. And it's deep, it's short, it's underneath. And okay, here's the thing. He blocks his butt off. He is such a good blocker on all those Sony runs. He's in there. It's not like he's just this this wide receiver that goes deep. He does it all. So you're right. And I think he was the best. He was like not more than just a security blanket. He played the role of Higby and of Woods and of himself last night. He needed to be that good. 23 completions for Matthew Stafford. He caught 13 Mm. of those for 123 yards. Absolute stud. As we welcome in Mike Garofolo this morning to give us some updates. A lot of fun here with Brian Bumgarner. All three hours today and tomorrow. He hasn't left and ran out of here yet. So, Mike, I have a couple questions for you here. A lot of COVID-19 news breaking around the league yesterday. What's the latest there? And what action is the league taking in this situation? Okay, 36 players placed on the COVID-19 list yesterday. By far the highest we have seen in a single day. The next highest was 24 and then 19. And those two days were testing at the beginning of training camp over the last couple of years when players were coming in and being tested. So uh, this is a significant number. This is a concerning number right now. And a lot of key players going on the list as well. Rashawn Slater, the Chargers left tackle. Jalen Ramsey and Tyler Higbee. We heard that sound uh, from Matthew Steph saying the Rams found out early in the day they would be without those guys. You've got Philip Lindsay, Kadarius Toney, the Giants wide receiver, Jonathan Allen for the Washington football team. Uh, just some players that their status for Sunday uh, and this coming weekend very much in question at this point. And there's concern that the uh, initial vaccines, the effectiveness is waning. And that's why the NFL sent a memo to the league, uh, to the teams yesterday, saying that all Tier 1 and Tier 2 staff must get a booster shot if they are eligible by December 27th. Tier 1 and Tier 2, we're talking coaches, we're talking front office, trainers, anyone with access to the players. Now, the players not yet required because that must be agreed upon between the NFL and the NFL Players Association. So those talks will continue to see if they update the protocols before the end of the season to require boosters 
of the players. Remember, players can still be unvaccinated. They would then just have to go through uh, daily testing and some other uh, protocols. And speaking of daily testing, Kay, the NFLPA has long been pushing that we should get back to testing daily. The NFL saying, no, let's do it just weekly. So we'll see if that changes as we continue to progress into December and then January when we get into the postseason. Again, uh, major concern around the league with regard to the number of positives that we had yesterday. An alarming number. Thanks for the update, Mike Garofalo. We'll certainly keep our eyes on that as it will be a factor down the stretch. Now, week 15 kicks off Thursday. Big game, guys. AFC West. I'm so here for this. Chiefs going to L.A. to take on the Chargers. You can see it on Fox and Bell Network streaming on Prime Video at 8 Eastern. Very excited about this. A lot of playoff ins and outs. Then December 18th. That's not a Sunday, Brian. That's, in fact, a Saturday. Are you ready for Saturday football? I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. go. It's a double header. The first game kicks off at 4.30 p.m. Eastern. Derek Carr and the Raiders taking on Baker Mayfield and the Browns. They're in Cleveland, 8.15 Eastern. How about this guy, Mac Jones? And the Patriots taking on Jonathan Taylor and the Colts. NFL Saturday, doubleheader, December 18th, all starting at 2 p.m. With NFL Game Day kickoff only on NFL Network. And you can stream it on the NFL app. The Jets. Another loss. They're on the back pages here in New York. Woof, 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 woof. They're led by Zach Wilson, right? So are we blaming the rookie? How much blame does he deserve? We're in. Are we out? Next. Now is the time to accelerate innovation. T-Mobile for Business is powering Formula One Las Vegas Grand Prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure, reliable 5G connectivity. Because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but... Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of the – Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. 
style. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to Good Morning Football. In just about 28 other markets, football is alive and well, and your team is in it. Then we're in New York, where our show is filmed, and the head, uh, headline of the New York Post yesterday was Loserville. Giants and Jets both going through another tough season. But there's been a lot of criticism of the quarterbacks for both teams. And in the Jets' case, Zach Wilson mm-hmm. is the rookie, number two overall pick. And he had some head-scratching plays and some questionable throws in the Jets' Week 14 loss to the Saints. Here is what Zach Wilson had to say about his performance on Sunday. I worked on it a lot, you know, and that's why I was frustrated, I think, missing some easy ones. Um, you know, that's never been an issue for me, obviously, and I think part of it's just going to be getting used to this NFL game. Um, probably uh, some of the routes that we're doing. You know, I didn't do a lot in, in college. You know, that's not making an excuse at all, but, you know, I got to get better at just being able to give those guys a nice, accurate ball over the line, you know, and that's something I've been working on. All right, so at first it seemed like the media was focused on the front office, then it was Sala. This week they're coming for the quarterback a little bit because here he is. Look at the list of guys. We got Mac Jones in the number one seed. Fields looked great against the Packers Sunday night. Lawrence has had his moments. Lance, of course, is sitting the air out, but Wilson struggled. And right now we're going to dig into it a little bit. Okay. The game that we call We In or We Out. I'm going to say a statement, and then my co hosts here, Kyle, Brian, and Kay, are going to tell me if they agree or they disagree by saying I'm in or I'm out. Here is the blanket statement. Mm-hmm. It is unfair to blame Zach Wilson for yet another lost Jets season. Kyle, are we in or are we out? Is it unfair? I'm way out. Welcome. Welcome to the professional level, my friend. (laughs) I don't care if it's New York City, Jacksonville, Detroit, Denver. Yeah, I don't need him to light up the world this year. I don't need him to be an MVP candidate. I think I'd be lying if I said I'm watching Zach Wilson this year. I'm encouraged by what I've seen. It's been tough. It's been really tough. And uh, the question is, if you took Zach Wilson and you put him on the Patriots, is he doing what Mac's doing? I don't know, but I don't think so. I, I know he is not surrounded by the 92 Dream Team. I think Elijah Moore is a pretty good player. I think Michael Carter is a pretty good player. That one there is the pass that everyone's showing. He just that has nothing it. to do with the roster. He flicks it to the right, and there's no one there. No, I mean, this it's absolutely not unfair. You got drafted there. But hey! No one. I don't know what that is. So it, based on that play alone, I would say it's fair. So I'm out on it being unfair. What do you got, Bob Gardner? Well, first of all, I think the question is oddly phrased. As unfair always. to blame. I'm not exactly sure, but I think... I think I'm in on it being unfair to blame. Here's why. The, the Jets are, are a mess. They're, they're, they're a mess. His completion percentage right. is not great. 56.1%, <laughs> the researchers tell me. But if you compare Mac Jones, they're 9-4. and four. The Patriots are 9-4. and four. The Jets are 2-7. and seven. I, I, I don't know how you can say that organizationally, in terms of their protection, in terms of their playmakers, in terms of their scheme, they're in two totally different <laughs> situations. So, you know, could Zach Wilson be putting up the same number under the Patriots offense? I think it's at least me, possible. I think it's at least possible. It is. It is possible. Let me ask you a question here and put it into your world. All right. You 
got casted on the pilot of The Office, and it's a great situation, and it's Greg Daniels, and it's Steve Carell. Do you think, if you're with a different crew, that maybe things go differently, and it's just a matter of what gig you get? Well, listen, I, I wouldn't want uh, people to have made a decision about me and my longevity after the first episode. Mm-hmm. That's all I'll say. That's mm-hmm. a great like, answer. I, I, after the first episode, um, I, I think we may have had better pieces in place. Mm-hmm. Um, than the Jets uh, did when when we started, but um, yeah, I I, th- I think it's a little unfair to blame him specifically. Yeah, but some blame, right? You're not saying like he deserves. Oh yeah, no, that play was terrible. <laughs> Let's be honest. No, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not saying play. he's doing great. <laughs> I'm out on it being unfair in the world of he hasn't been prolific. He needs to get better, and hopefully, he learns from these mistakes and gets some experience under his belt and is better next year. So he deserves a piece of the pie of blame. But to say that he deserves all of it, you, can, you know, the defense can't stop anybody. He's got different wide receivers in and out of the lineup every which week. It's a larger conversation. I was hoping Kyle was going to say it's totally unfair. You know, we, we do this thing where we are so quick to judge the first episode of a pilot and That's not right. give it a chance to get into it and get comfortable with the narrative. And we've seen so many prolific Hall of Fame quarterbacks not really develop until their third, fourth, fifth year in the league. I just wish we as a, a fan group and as a media group would just be a little more patient with all of these guys. So let's just remember that. Yeah, it's fair. Okay, Brian, you're here today. Obviously, uh, we've got your book, Welcome to Dunder Mifflin, which is an oral history of The Office, its creation, of course, all of the, the many episodes. Well, in 2021, Variety Magazine ranked the best Office episodes of all time, much okay, well, like we got. at the NFL Network rank the best players or teams, yeah, sure. whatever, celebrity fans, whatever it is. The Dinner Party <laughs> is voted as the greatest Office episode of all time. Brian, the dinner party, the best. We in or we out? I'm out. Uh, but it's a great episode. Uh, sort of a modern take on who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. I'm looking at, at their list right here. Their number two is actually my current number one. Stress relief. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Otherwise known as Sid, Dwight does the fake fire drill. And because we're here on Good Morning Football, I might add, one of the reasons it's my favorite, Go on. being a big football fan, is that episode aired immediately after a Super Bowl. Is that right? So, yes. Uh, where I attended, this was, uh, I don't know numbers, as we know, this was Arizona and Pittsburgh. That's okay. In Tampa. Yeah. That was the first Super Bowl I attended, and this episode aired right after that, and I think uh, it's great. But the, the list is odd. Um, I think pound for pound, the funniest episode is The Injury. Yes. Uh, that's, they have that at seven. But, uh, but yeah, dinner party is great, to be sure. Stress relief was my answer. It's also, I think it's, you know, the legacy of The Office lives on in memes. It is the most memed episode in Office history. Honorable mention, The Wedding. Forever. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Going down the aisle, just near and dear to my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santonio Holmes drags his toes, and then a couple minutes later, Dwight is using the, the blowtorch on the handle. Stress relief is incredible. You know what? Give me the Dundies. Give me the Dundies. Right. Early season one, Michael at the Chain Restaurant, uh, the tuxedo, the awards. I like the dinner party, too, but I like a little office with my I know, office. I, I like it when characters. they're in the office. Yeah. But when he does the plasma screen, against, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's unbelievably great. funny. But give me the Dundies. Okay. Absolutely. That's mine. I like right. the dinner party. I like Hunter's music. I think it's you great. Do? Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's great. <laughs> it's a great song. Uh, yeah. That's We In or We Out. That's All right. right. You know, we like to make 
everybody look great mm -hmm. and put them in their comfort zone. And your comfort zone seems to be um, as the highest grossing, I believe, personality and a site that allows fans to request videos from their favorite celebrities and personalities. It rhymes with shmamia. So, to, uh, we're going to record some video messages. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're savvy, it's going to be called V-Mail. Are okay. you ready? Here's how it works. We've got our hands on some video requests for players around the league. And, Brian, okay. we're going to read these messages to you, and you're going to record a message live on our show for them. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I think so. You okay. think you get it. Let's okay. just try it. Well, let's just figure right. it out. I'll start this one off. This one starts from a guy named Tom. Mm -hmm. He writes, hey, Brian, my old coworker Bill is having one hell of a season, and I wanted to have you send him a congratulations for me. He's a big fan of smiling and joking around, so make sure to mention I hope to see him in Los Angeles in mid-February. Huh. Can't wait to see it, Tom. Brian, let's see what you got. All right. Um, hi, Bill. Billy B, <laughs> as I like to call you. Uh, listen, your old friend Tom reached out. He wanted to congratulate you. Uh, on your on your year so far, I guess uh, he misses you. He says he misses you a ton. <laughs> your your ever present smile, and I guess he wants to get back with you uh, in February in Los Angeles. So he thinks he'll be there. So you come and join him. Bye, Billy. <laughs> Jack the rate up. Wonderful. Jack it up. Right. Jack that rate up. All right. right. This is a slightly different tone here, Brian. Uh, okay. We have a request. This sounds strange, but it's from the entire city of Detroit. They okay. sent you a request. Oh, wow. uh, it says, hey, Brian, we speak for all of Detroit when we ask if you can record a congratulations for our friend Dan. He had a rough season up until two weeks ago when he finally got his first win. Besides being a great guy, he's a great motivational speaker and has always given us quotable lines. Thanks, Detroit Lions fans. Brian, do you. Hey, Dan. Dan! Hi, Dan. Listen, uh, the entire city of Detroit and all Lions fans across the world want to say congrats and thanks, finally. By the way, how exactly do you like your coffee? <laughs> My man! Go, go, go! Do it again! Does that work? All right. I like his coffee. All right. Uh, one more, Brian. This is a request from a guy named Mike V, who said, hey, Brian, my, my buddy Derek, the king, he was injured a few months ago, and we're hoping you could send him a message mm. for a speedy recovery. Mm -hmm. Been able to somewhat hold down the fort without him, but gosh, we really would like him back for the holidays. He's a big fan of stiff arms and trucking his way through defenders. Also, we occasionally give him a crown. Mm -hmm. So, Brian, can you talk to your friend Mike V and maybe give him a little message for young Derek? Well, I think it's for Derek, right? So, um, hi, King. King Henry. King Henry the 22nd of the land of Tennessee. Listen, Vrabes, I believe uh, we call him, uh, reached out to me. He wanted me to say, get better soon. Please. As soon as possible. I mean, they've been hanging in there, but they really need you, King. Like, they need you Badly, because they want to win this thing. Brian, you're good. You're good. You're good, Brian. You're really, really good. Situation. You really said yeah. it was well done. Oh. Do you know Vrabel? I feel like the golf thing, the programs, Bra right? Vrabes is is amazing. If you're watching right now, Vrabes, uh -huh. you're an idiot. But he's amazing. <laughs> no, he is. He should be doing better things than watching the show right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just mean I, I'm calling him an idiot if he's watching. But if it's behind is his Vrabel back, big off the tee? I bet he is. Oh yeah, he's. 
He's big. What's off. the craziest thing you've been asked for to make a video message for that you can uh, say on morning television? That I can. The craziest. Um, I've proposed to a lot of people. Uh-huh. Uh, we may have talked about that before. I proposed to a lot of people. Um, I've done a lot of bachelor parties. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll just leave it. I'll leave it at that. Okay, leave it at that. Well said. Yeah. Scott Pioli, welcome up, Scott? to the virtual breakfast table. Good morning, everybody. Great to be here. Great to be here. Scott, let's start with last night's game because you've been on the show and you've been having some question marks about how this Rams team was going to just suddenly gel together overnight. They finally got a really quality win on the road, down five starters due to COVID. What did you make of the Rams' victory last night over the Cardinals? Peter, you're absolutely right. I've been a little bit rough on them because I just haven't seen enough. But I give them a lot of credit because last night on the road against a good team, they won even under difficult circumstances. But to me, the key last night, I always talk about their top players and their talent needing to play well. Last night, they got that on both sides of the ball. Defensively, Aaron Donald was an absolute wrecking show. He had three sacks, he had six pressures, another five QB hits, I think. He was unblockable. To me, the other place he showed up was he drew holding penalties against the offense that were key penalties and brought plays back. Then on the flip side, the player that they needed to play the best was Matthew Stafford, and he did that to a T. You know, the last couple of games, they've had zero turnovers, meaning the last two games, and that's been the key to their wins. Because again, prior to that, the three previous games, they've had seven turnovers, Stafford threw five interceptions, three of those were pick six. So their best players last night played really well. But to me, one of the key things that happened last night was post-game in the interview with Matthew Stafford. They asked him how important that win was, and I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially what he said, this win was good, not great. He said, it was good, but what we need to do is make sure that we start winning more games and we can't let this be a standalone. Much more work to be done. Absolutely, especially if they want to be Tampa or Green Bay when it counts. Scott, speaking of Tampa, you tweeted about the Bills, when who played Tampa this weekend, specifically about the Bills' run game during their matchup. And you talked about this. It was this strange statistical anomaly. It was the first time since 91 an NFL team has played an entire first half without a running play from a running back. So, Scott, are you concerned about it? Was it a one-game thing, or is this a problem moving forward? How concerned are you? Kyle, I'm pretty concerned because late in the season, we can see that the best teams and the teams that are ascending are developing a running game. And if you don't run the ball, there's so many ways that it impacts your offense. It it actually impacts the protection. It impacts the overall passing game because if teams can dial in on one thing and pin their ears back and come after your quarterback, that's a problem. And it's not just the running game because they had a running game with Josh Allen. He was successful. He produced yards, but they weren't using the running back. So in order to produce the threat of the run game, to hold linebackers, to improve the passing game, they're going to have to run the ball. And, you know, it's interesting. I understood why they drafted Josh Allen when they did. They wanted a big, strong-armed quarterback that would be able to cut through the wind and the weather in late November, December, and hopefully at home in January. They've got that. But the other thing, again, that's happening around the league with the teams that win this time of year, they have a running game because they know how important it is to keep the ball on the ground if you're going to be outdoors. Scott. Uh, On Sunday night football, uh, the Packers put up 45 points on the Bears. Your Packers. Uh, The second highest scoring game in the history of the matchup. And I think you know they've played 257 
thousand times. Uh, we saw a lot of the best duo in the NFL, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adam. So from someone who has been around the game as long as you have, does uh, Rodgers to Adams remind you of any other all-time great combos? Brian, for as long as I have, I'm kind of feeling a little bit of uh, age shade there. But yeah, I, I've been around about 30 years at, at working and then as a fan. To me, it's so difficult when you cross over eras and generations and trying to compare, you know, players against other players because the game has changed so much. But just looking at the Packers alone and you look at the players that they've had in terms of the duos, they've had far up to sharp. Arm to driver. I mean, heck, go back to Bart Starr and Max McGee, who played together for 11 years. What I'm driving at here, no pun intended, Donald Driver, is that the fact is they are one of the best duos right now in football, and that's what matters. The other thing that I think is helping is they are they are both great players, and I use the word great, great players. But what's unique about this Packers offense is how they're using the running back. The combination of using A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones out of the backfield, they have produced over 600 yards receiving, which is really unique. So overall, this Packers offense is really quite dynamic, starting with the two players that you mentioned, Brian. So they're the best of all time. That's what I heard. Thank you. Thank you so much, Scott. (laughs) Uh, Scott. Let's talk a little bit about Coach Bill Belichick. Last week, I was listening mm. to Peter Schrager and Maurice Jones-Drew. They were discussing the potential of Bill being named Coach of the Year and Executive of the Year. The last time Bill won AP Coach of the Year, by the way, was back in 2010, so it's been a long time. Are you confident he could hold that award once again at the end of the season, and how confident are you? Okay, here's the deal. I don't know. You, you look at the history, and you just mentioned that he last won it in 2010. The reality is... He's only won it three times. We're talking about possibly, again, I'm not very objective about this. I believe Bill is the greatest coach of all time, even though I don't like to go across eras. But what he has done is unparalleled. And to me, the fact that he only won it in 03, 07, and 10 during this run that he's had in New England when he's clearly been the coach of the year so many times, it just makes me shake my head. I look at this year and I compare it somewhat to the 2001 season when we were together. What he's taking is the sum being greater than the parts, and he's doing an incredible job of coaching. The other place I think Bill is doing an amazing job of coaching this year is with his assistant coaches. He's done a great job of allowing his assistant coaches and the rest of the people in the organization to do their job so well. That's it. Do your job. That's the slogan. Scott, you do your job and you do it well. And you got a brand new article out right now on NFL.com that talks about all the minority coaches in the league and who should get their shot at head coaching positions this offseason. It's an important article. Go check it out on NFL.com. Scott, thanks for joining as always. Thank you, everybody. Have a great rest of your week. There's a new book called Welcome to Dunder Mifflin. Yeah. And there's so many stories from the making of the show to the show itself to then, of course, uh, the the fan reaction to the show in the years that even after it's aired, which has been tremendous. So we wanted to ask you a little question of sorts about how it blends in with football, perhaps. You know, the office is all about teamwork and it's about making the team. Go, Peter. We love the draft. We love the draft process. Why this player was selected to that team. So we got to ask, Brian, how did you get the gig as Kevin? And what was the process like when you landed the role of a lifetime? Well, 
I mean, I could tell you that story. Um, I think there's another story we were talking about earlier that's way better than mine. Phyllis, uh, Phyllis Smith, who was cast as Phyllis uh, Lappin Vance, um, she was a casting associate on the show. So her job was to read with the other actors who were coming in to audition. And at a certain point, many people now have claimed credit for this. Ken Quapis, the director, uh, Greg Daniels, uh, the creator. Basically, they turned to each other and said, she has to work here. Mm. Like, she has to be in the office. Uh, She had never acted. And in fact... For the book, she told me the story. I had never known. I told Steve Carell when I talked to him. He had never known. The first few weeks, she felt so intimidated on set that she um, went to a bookstore and bought a book on improvisation mm-hmm. and went home and read about improv at night so that she would feel more comfortable on set. So One of the, one of the stories I love from the book, just to add to it, is that she says, you know, they're like, hey, you might have to quit your job and your career for mm-hmm. an opportunity to be on a show that might not get picked up by Pilot. And mm-hmm. she was like, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. And that's what we love. Yeah. She was all in. She was a burlesque dancer early really? on. That Honestly? was her earliest. Sure. Yes. There was, there's a, we were asked when we first came in uh, to bring in personal items, right? They really, they leaning into the realism. So like, you know, old pictures of yourself or, you know, Oscar brought in his dog and Angela had her grandma. Phyllis uh, was an old burlesque. A uh, picture of her in her burlesque days in the, I'm bad at this, 80s, 70s? <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> she's yes. absolutely killing it. She's part of the uh, uh, true ensemble, of course. Yeah. That cast, you had writers being actors, and actors being writers, and everything. If you look at the whole cast like a team, bring it into our world, who was the Tom Brady of the Office cast? Take that any way you want. The Aaron Rodgers of the Office cast. Sure. <laughs> um, I, Carell. Car- I mean, Carell. You know, one of the questions I asked everybody who I talked to for the book was uh, when when Steve left was what was the greater loss for us? Was it Michael Scott or Steve Carell? Hmm. And it wasn't meant as a joke because the character was this unbelievable creation and performance and the centerpiece of the show. But Steve, as a guy, as a leader, as kind of our our work dad boss, um, it was was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he truly could not have been better. And mm-hmm. and everybody's, you know, they, you hear about bad behavior. We were talking earlier, bad behavior on sets. Mm-hmm. Sometime he set the example, and th- there was there was no messing around because this is just how how the work is done. And. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't say enough about him and his leadership. We love to hear that. We also love great rivalries in the, uh, the NFL. You're, you know, you and me, Packers versus Bears, we've talked about this. Okay. Uh, is there a show that you went up as up against as The Office that you considered rivals in award ceremonies or whatever? Yeah, I mean, a little. I would say 30 Rock for a time. It was not... Well, I mean, you know, we were going for a long time, right? So then there was there was Modern Family. Yeah. There were there were some other shows. I think, you know, what comes we were just talking about Steve. So I think what comes to mind, I decided that awards truly do mean nothing when uh, you consider that 
in the decade the show was going, the nine seasons, Steve Carell never won an Emmy. Really? For the That's show, crazy. which is this weirdly bizarre. Ricky Gervais, who I talked to, he, was, he made some joke about, about uh, Steve and Emmy, and I said, you know, he never won. He couldn't believe it. I mean, it, 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 when you hear that, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's hard to take any of it. What were those serious. award parties like as a crew? And you guys would go all out there together, and you're at the awards. I mean, well, we were just, we were like the idiot hillbillies from out of town i mean we were not spoiler alert we did not look like the cast of friends Nor were we used to be invited to hollywood parties so when we got our chance uh we lived it up it was uh those early years it was uh, some of the most unforgettable times mm-hmm. <laughs> more good morning football on the way uh brian bumgarner is here for the entire third hour he'll be back tomorrow if you have questions let us know at gmfb that was a, a, an improvisational segment you did mm-hmm. really well now is the time to accelerate innovation t-mobile for business is powering formula one las vegas grand prix operations and epic fan experiences with secure reliable 5g connectivity because an event this big and this fast deserves a network that can set the pace. See what our 5G advanced network solutions can do for your business at tmobile.com slash now. View 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> this is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back to Good Morning Football Playoff Picture on the way. We've got Will Salva on the West Coast with the news. Will, take it away. 
All right, thank you, Kay. And guys, appreciate that. Well, following Sunday's loss to the Falcons after two costly turnovers, quarterback Cam Newton said he needed to do a better job with the ball security, and he said that it was, quote, inexcusable. Now, despite the turnovers, head coach Matt Rule saying Newton will remain the starter, but backup P.J. Walker will also continue to see action as well. Newton played 47 snaps, and Walker played 15 snaps against Atlanta. The Panthers taking on the Bills in Week 15. Browns and coach Kevin Stefanski saying running back Kareem Hunt is not expected to play in the Week 15 matchup with the Raiders. Hunt injuring his ankle in the first half of Sunday's win over the Ravens. The Browns on the bubble of the AFC West playoff picture currently sitting at 8th. And as we want to point out, this cool moment in the Bears-Packers game from this past Sunday, back to quarterback Kurt Banker dressing for the game for the first time in his four-year NFL career. Banker actually got into the game and took the final snap in the victory formation. Head coach Matt LaFleur talked about this special opportunity. Aaron came up to me right before that. Just wanted to make sure, you know, because it was a special occasion. He's been... Um, what is it? Four years in the league and, and first time dressing. So, you know, he's like, Hey, can, you know, let's let Kirk take the, the victory snaps. I said, absolutely. Um, so yeah, he did. It's, it's a well-deserved honor. He works really hard and he's been a, a really great contribution to that quarterback room. Banker actually tweeted out a photo of himself with chalk on his knee to prove that he did indeed play. So that was definitely a cool moment. And maybe we get Brian a Banker Green Bay jersey and make that a not new jersey. Just a thought. Oh, that's nice. All right. I'll take it. That's a cool story. Let's make it happen. Thanks, Will. There's a lot, lot of Packers news happening on the show today. A lot no, of ins and outs. I wonder why. Uh, let's take a look at some playoff pictures, not with the NFC restart, but with the AFC taking a look here. The Patriots, Titans, and Chiefs, uh, as you can see, are atop the AFC. They all are at 9-4. and four. The Patriots hold the tiebreaker because they have a 7-1 record in conference. Things equally tied at the bottom. I think this is interesting. Five teams tied at 7-6. and six. Steelers at 6-6-1. Six and six and one. Dolphins and Raiders a game back at 6-7. and seven. So the bye are over. A lot of teams on the outside looking in. They wanted to hop the column over to the left. Which team are you guys watching the final four weeks of the season closely that can make a move, good or bad? Yeah, I'm going to go to the team that you saw in person on Sunday, the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm really curious what they have left in the tank. They've got a really hard schedule, but they do have this young, vibrant quarterback with these great receivers, and like they're close, but are they just not there this year? They have to wait another year. Do they get over the hump? Do they make it happen? Do they go on a run? There's still four weeks left to them to decide their own fate. Two home losses in December back-to-back. Mm. Tough to stomach, though, with what they've got up ahead. Look at this, Peter. The next team they play is the Denver I Broncos, and I, I got my eye on Denver. Have you seen these guys run the ball? It's awesome. Great. It's really, really awesome. Um, and it's not just one guy. They got Javante. They got Melvin, who had a huge game last week. They don't really talk about because it's kind of under the radar. This guy, Mike Boone, they got the offensive line. Um, Teddy Bridgewater starting to take care of the ball. He's thrown two picks in the last six games. They got wins over the Chargers recently. They got wins over the Cowboys recently. If you start to pay attention to who gets hot when they're hot right now. They run the bejesus out of it and they play defense. They've got this whole emotional thing going with what happened with Demarius Thomas. Totally respect. I don't want to play Denver right now. That is all of a sudden a really good game. It's a great game. Uh, 
Bengals, Broncos. Who would have thought in Denver? I, I'm taking Denver in that game right now. Brian, who do you like? Well, uh, that's going to be a tough. I know. It's going to be tough to go to Denver. Uh, it's always tough to go to Denver. I uh, The team that I have my eye on, too, is actually the Bengals. Yeah. Um, and here's why. I think there's so much parity. I feel like no team, all those teams, um, uh, Baltimore and Cleveland uh, with Cincy, they're all sort of hanging around. And I think, I think that the Bengals, with a, a push, can make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I, there's a lot, so much parity there in the AFC, mm-hmm. especially. There's so much... So much open. Maybe they win the division. I'm keeping my eyes on Lamar Jackson. His status, of course, is meaningful. Along the way, we'll have Ben Garofolo update us on that. If we look at the NFC playoff picture, guys. The Packers are the one seed in the NFC. The Cardinals lost last night, so they can thank them and send them a thank you card for that. Green Bay, Tampa, Arizona, they're tied 10-3 and three atop the conference. And just like that, or just as we saw in the AFC, guys, it's wide open in the wild card. Niners are in the sixth seed. They're at 7-6. and six. They beat the Bengals, of course. Washington holds a seventh seed for now, winning a five-way tiebreaker with the other six and seven teams. So, Peter, who are you looking at here? There's only one team in that last column. This includes Seattle that has an MVP quarterback. And that's Matt Ryan. I, I have no idea what the Falcons are week to week. Sometimes they lose to the Cowboys by 40. And then they go and they beat a team like the Panthers handedly on Sunday in their building. Falcons, really interesting. Matt Ryan has been there. He has been to a Super Bowl. They pay him a lot of money. They're not there to miss the playoffs. They're looking to make the playoffs. I think Atlanta's really interesting. I love Philadelphia. They're coming off a bye. We haven't seen them in a while. They've won three out of four. I'll say the same thing I said about the Broncos. Have you seen the way the Eagles run the ball? And, Brian, I have to ask you, it's this random coincidence that you hear. I don't know if you've gotten a load of Nick Sirianni, their head coach, but for weeks now, having nothing to do with you, we've said he has this Michael Scott-type quality where he starts sentences where he doesn't know where they're going to finish, and yet he kind of has the employees believing in him, and I'm one of them. Interesting. I uh, I go to the Saints. Okay. Let's I think, go. I think um, I think in the NFC, likely six six of the uh, of the seeds have been decided. I think sort of leaves Washington, certainly the, yeah. the Eagles, but I think the Saints as well. I think their defense, mm-hmm. their toughness, coaching uh, gives them the edge. Mm-hmm. It was against the Jets, but do you feel years. better seeing what you saw about, out of Alvin Kamara? Yeah, I mean, Kamara is one of the superheroes. We'll see. They got to win. It was against the Jets, but Kamara changes the whole deal for them. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a mid-sized SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower. Hybrid Max powertrain unlimited and platinum trims delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash Grand Highlander. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? 
Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.